welcome to the How Long To Beat podcast. I'm Rick, joined as always by Alex and an imposter pretending to be Paula because she's the only one with a retirement this week. Doesn't sound right for me. I, well, exactly. So uh, we're going to talk about what we've been. We're going to talk about what the imposter has retired and we're going to talk about what we're playing. Uh, this week's topic, achievements, love them, hate them. We'll find out. Um, and then we're going to take a question for the community and we're going to finish off with everyone's favourite. How, How long, long to, beat to beat the, the game. game? Who knows? I I feel like I should give up on guessing how well or bad, badly they're yeah, going to turn. I've like given up at this point, so you should too. I don't know. I will kick off our playing this week, or our beaten this week, because I've only got the one, uh, and it is one I talked about last week, which is Box Boy and Box Girl. Uh, I finished the Long Boy campaign, which is like the the post-game sort of for people who are good at this game have a bit more of a challenge. And it was a bit more of a challenge, but it was a healthy challenge. And I pretty much landed exactly where I did last week, which is this game is wonderful. And uh, for fans old and new, it is a wonderful jumping in point. Um, yeah. Paula, tell us about your completions. Okay, I got two completions this week. The, uh, the first of all is Light and Shadow. That is actually, um, what's the name? A game jam a game made like three years ago. And it has like a very similar concept to the game we talked about last week that was Shadowpath. But in this case, it's more like a fully 2D thing and you control these two blobs. But the idea of making the a blob go through the shadows to the goal is pretty much the same. And it was cute. It was charming. I really recommend it. And unpacking. I... I very much wanted like uh, a, a more wholesome game as, after the soon to be talk about retirement of this week. So I was at, like, okay, I need to turn my brain off. I just want to relax after wanting to like pull my hair out with the retirement. So it it is a very nice game. You really feel like you know the person you're like unpacking the stuff for after finishing the game, and. It is just, just a very chill experience. So it is on Game Pass. If you're a Game Pass, go try it out. Alex, yeah, tell sure. us about your Oculus. I kind of want to hear Alex's reaction to that first, though, because I remember you being very meh on unpacking. Oh, no, I when knew Paolo would like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because it's not a bad game. It's just like, do, do you know, like, I knew as I was playing it, I was like, not really for me but fun enough you know what i mean um but i had a feeling that like like i said it's a make your own fun kind of game so like if you're more into that sort of organizing and enjoying it then that's good time my only real complaint with it was just like i couldn't tell what some of the things were what the the fuck is this thing yeah like i mean i really like organizing stuff and actually i'm pretty much organizing my room like right about now everything is upside down so I follow the same principle without packing. Throw everything to the floor, uh, get all the legs and legs together, and then put them back together where they belong. See, exactly, and that's um, that's the thing. Like, I knew I was like, this is this will be right up Paula's alley, and she's gonna have a blast with this. And I think anyone who um, I don't know enjoys unpacking or just organizing, because I don't know how many people who love to unpack, but like organizing is fun <laughs> organizing is pretty fun and like, i thought let the, me see if i can yeah. 
I thought the story was very sweet too. Like what is told. Yeah, oh yeah, there you go. She's got like beautiful color coded <laughs> markers. <laughs> yeah. Sorted by the rainbow. There you go. I have issues. Oh, nice. Um, cool. Yeah. So as for me, um, yeah, I can't believe how good this Zombieland game is. So like, I beat Zombieland Headshot Fever on Oculus. Like I mentioned, I got it in the Fanatical. Uh, they had an Oculus Quest bundle, which was a ridiculously good deal because like I added most of those games to like you know uh, my like how long to beat. I've got like a VR tab now, and like a lot of them were just very highly rated, and I was like, holy shit, because like. I don't know. Sometimes you think in those bundles, you're like, all right, I'm going to get a couple okay things. And, uh, it's just going to be kind of like, let's put all the games that aren't so and so hot. But they're just good games that you might overlook because I do think potentially, like, if you bought this game at full price, you might be a little like, eh. but as like, you know, basically cost me a dollar game. <laughs> Holy shit, really fun. Um, and just like chaining combos in it because the way it works is like, because I know in the Zombieland movie, um, I know in the Zombieland movie, there's this whole like double tap thing, right? Where they're like, you should, you always got to double tap them in the head. And so the way yeah. that they translate that into this game is that if you shoot the zombie like twice in the head, or basically if you, yeah, it's basically if you shoot them twice, but more what it works out to is that like if you only, the first time you shoot them in the head, if all your consecutive shots are in, hit them in the head, when they die, it'll slow down time. And so you can chain combos by shooting the zombies in the head and the more often you stay in that adrenaline state it reduces your time meter by the end of the of the level right so it's fucking addicting and like it's pretty tough to do at times and so like you really get to this level where it's just like you're like yeah replay these levels because they're short as shit like most of the levels take like less than two minutes to get through Mm -hmm. um you know you're doing it if you're like going quite uh, quickly so it really rewards that just like, come on, yeah, go again, you'll have fun kind of thing. And like, I just, I had a blast with it. It was really fun. It's not very long at all. Like it took me, you know, like three hours to get through all everything basically in there. Um, and they had like these deleted scenes and like extended stuff that I think might've been added later. Uh, and they're pretty fun. One of them is actually really, really, really welcomed because you unlock things by with like toilet paper. I don't know if that was something from the movies. I can't remember. It's been a long time. I can't remember. Yeah. But it's like acts as the currency and you essentially get it from like, you know, headshotting, uh, zombies and stuff. And so they, there's this like deleted scene in there or extended cut. I don't know where like, it's just to farm toilet paper. And so like all the zombies and you have a special skill. If you do that, you can get like ridiculous amounts of it just by playing through that, which is kind of nice because you can just upgrade easily instead of having to like, you know, tirelessly go through all the other levels again. It's just nice to have that. Like it it just feels good. Um, So yeah, I really recommend it if you've got one and you just want like a fun light gun style game. Really great. Um, especially if you got that bundle. If you got that bundle, get this shit. Um, I also beat I beat Beat Saber because <laughs> I got through the campaign. And and the reason actually, I, so I got through the campaign because I mod, I wanted to mod it, and so I just modded it today because like it you know you have to like um, uninstall and go back to a previous version, so it, like you'll 
lose your progress and whatnot. Um, so I was like, let's beat the campaign and then let's roll it back. And so now I'm getting all them custom songs, um, which is really fun. Man, there is quite a community for Beat Saber. Like, holy shit, the amount of custom songs that you can get and custom maps and everything. Like, oh, beautiful. Mm. I've spent my day today modding basically, like, cause I've never really done this, but I was like, ah, you know, I've done a whole bunch of, uh, I've jailbroken things and stuff. So I'm like, can't be that much different. And it's not. So, <laughs> and it's so wonderful because there's just so much, so many excellent tutorials and everything now. Like I imagine, I imagine once upon a time it was a fucking nightmare to mod things, um, but there's such a wonderful like communities around so many different games that it's like not that difficult. And I'll talk about another game that I modded later. <laughs> um, but yeah, Beat Saber, Beat Saber's the best. <laughs> like it's just so good. Uh, Beat Saber. Elite Saber, yeah, it is. It is truly the Elite Saber. <laughs> um, I also been playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I beat it. I, f- I finished it up. Only eighty-two something hours, which is actually probably a little fast. Like oh, I did everything. Yeah. yeah, I did everything in all of them. But I, to be fair, though, okay, I don't know if this is my third or only second time beating Mass Effect 3 because I know I've beaten Mass Effect 1 like four times I think and I've beaten Mass Effect 2 now three times but possibly I've only played Mass Effect 3 once and because I, I, I don't I in I and the thing is like I I actually think I know there was controversy around the ending but when you play the legendary edition you'll have no idea there's controversy because the ending is very well done right and like it's just i don't know this third game is such an excellent payoff to this whole series like that really it really goes there right like the whole game is you're at war right and like because all the other ones are leading up to this and i love that each of the mass effect games is so distinct and is really exploring such different concepts because like you know that first game is really like the the first game kind of stands on its own because it is kind of proof of concept and it's like kind of a here's a smaller story where we get introduced to the world um very new hope uh which i I also hear some people like critique mass effect of being like oh yeah it's just like all the sci-fi tropes and i'm like first off fuck right off it is not all the sci-fi tropes like you say that and it's like you could say that for like any sci-fi thing you're like oh it's sci-fi it uses sci-fi tropes and i'm like no it's a sci what are you talking about (laughs) also secondly the writer has written star wars novels like he's the guy drew carpishan is the one who wrote the like uh darth bane trilogy so like if you want to say it's just like star wars you're like well i don't know he's like influenced in all of these worlds like it's sci-fi what do you want to do um so anyway i don't stand by any of that mass effect is phenomenal and I also have to say, the one way that I do think it's like Star Wars is that Mass Effect for me is the Star Wars of video games, where it is its own um, sci-fi trilogy that is first and foremost a game, and obviously has other things that go that you know extend outwards. But like, it really um, stands as its own testament of like it just it comes from games, and that's where it's from. And it might have influences, but like, it is a game, and it's just so good. <laughs> And like Star Wars after the first few, it was an inevitable drop-off. Yeah, but I think things are going to be okay. Um, I'm hoping Mass Effect 4, because it looks like they're going with a specific, one of the specific endings, and I'm very excited to see what will happen with that. Um, and they're coming back, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But here's the thing, too. Even if they don't, 
this legendary edition is so perfect. Like <laughs> you're good, you know? Like it it's like with Star Wars. Like I don't mind that they're doing all these other crazy shit because I'm like, oh, it might be more of that thing that I enjoy, but the ones that I love still exist and they're still there. Though, you know. Though I will say this is probably better oh, than George Lucas's. That, given all the Lucas cuts. Yeah. yeah, but there's still those ones. Like there's the special editions that um fans did that are incredible. Um, they restore yeah. theatrical and it's just so beautiful. Anyway, sorry. Um, but anyway, with Mass Effect 3, like the one other thing I want to say, it's like, yeah, the first one is kind of its unique um, sort of game where you're like learning going on this big space odyssey adventure to stop the big baddie. But then the second one is really this exploration of the ties that you make with your uh, party, right? Like it's very much about forging connections and like the power of those bonds and like the power of um, those friendships and what that does. And then the third game is like paying off on your decisions, right? It's like showing the consequences of your actions and how those bonds ultimately um, serve and, um, and, and I don't know, and, and impact your world. Right. And it's like such, and also it's about like the cost and the, the, the like reality of such a like intense conflict it's like there are sacrifices that'll be made and you have to decide where you're gonna land on those um so yeah hella good game it's also the best combat in the series like mass effect 2 i think is my favorite only because it's like a little more um focused as one can be where you're the middle segment the third game is like well listen this is a big intergalactic conflict and it they do an amazing job with it it's just like the stakes are so high in the third one that it could be a bit exhausting sometimes because you're like, holy shit. But it also has the best piece of DLC for any game as far as I'm concerned. The Citadel DLC is just incredible. So anyway, um, that's Mass Effect Legendary Edition. If you haven't played it, I just... I, I know it looks daunting because it's so, so long and there's so much. But when you think about it, it's not really that long. Because that's less than Persona 5. So you can play all three of the games, get through everything, in less time than it takes to play a JRPG. So do it. It's worth it. It's so worth it. And you can split them up. I played the first one in June, in May, then I played it in June, and then I beat this one now. It's, it's fucking 2022. So, you know, like, it's just good and a great experience that way. So, anyway, that's my uh, proselytizing at the uh, altar that is <laughs> Mass Effect. Uh, Paola, why don't you tell me about your retirement. Well, I call bullshit on this game because, oh. well, fully breach. Um, I heard about the second one being like so much better because they minimized the RNG physics. Because on the first game on poly breach, there's like a little like RNG factor that will kind of like sway your entire structure one way or another. So, for example, um, I was at this level, like, trying to tweak, like, making the, the last little tweaks, trying to make this bridge work, and, like, half of the bridge kind of worked, and, and one piece of the other half was, like, not really wanted to work for me. So I move a piece, then I click undo, and it wasn't working anymore. That was about like after two hours of trying to finish this bridge. And I have like, I would say like between eight and 10 levels left. And I was like, okay, if it's gonna take me like two hours to beat each and every one of these or more, 
yeah, I'd rather just retire this and jump to the better version because Polybridge 2 doesn't have like all this bullshit. <laughs> or at the very least, I hope. Like the game is like one the point like higher on, on the grading, like the, the sequel than this one. So something it has to be doing, right? It has a lower retirement rate according to how long to it. So it has to be doing something better. So yeah, that's my retirement. I call bullshit on this one, and I encourage you, if you are interested on the Polity of Rich series, don't play this one. Play the second one. So yeah. So would you would you say the second game's got more polish? Oh my god, Rick. <laughs> um, I was about, about to say Rick go next, but Alex, <laughs> do you want to go next? <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. Um, so I'm I'm playing a lot of games, but a lot of them are what I would call taste tests. Because um, <laughs> when you, uh, my uh, my new PC arrived, yeah, new laptop, game laptop. Oh man, this thing is. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. It was worth the wait. Uh, as for which I sort of expected. Any time I've ever ordered a laptop in my life, uh, it just it always takes a long time. <laughs> it's just fine. Um, but. Uh, Okay, where do I even start? So I decided, like, first off, I was like, I want to put this through the kind of, through its paces, see what I can do with this. And so I thought I'd try Half-Life Alex because I've been very excited. Um, I've heard nothing but amazing things about this game. I played all the Half-Life games years ago. I had to freaking watch, like, a recap because I was like, what the fuck happened in Half-Life games? Because <laughs> I played them, like, I played them, this is how long ago I played them. I played them on the Xbox 360 through the Orange Box. So it's been a long time. <laughs> um... But yeah, so, okay, little thing with Oculus, because this might be interested for anyone who, you know, has an Oculus, whatever. Um, they have, there, there's a couple ways that you can play PC VR through Oculus, right? You can use the Oculus link, which would be just like connecting a cable to the link. Um, and then, you know, you're playing it kind of like you would play any PC VR headset, right? You got a little cable. It's not a big cable, but hey, you got a cable. Um, then they have this experimental feature called AirLink. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. Like I, I think you need to have a like really good router to use AirLink. Um, I tried setting up AirLink and I was just getting like a loading screen. So I was like, mm, forget about it. Now I've heard that Virtual Desktop is like really great. So the thing is, Virtual Desktop is a paid app. Like it's twenty bucks, but as far as I'm concerned, it is so fucking worth the money. And like, I'm actually kind of happy to give the developers money for this because like they've done something very impressive. So I just like connect my uh, laptop to an ethernet. And then I, I got like in preparation for all this, I called my like ISP provider and I was like, my Wi-Fi bad, give me better Wi-Fi. <laughs> and they were like, okay, okay, okay. Um, and I just like bugged them enough until they sent me these like nice wi-fi boosters which still aren't like as good as what i'm technically paying for but they told me like we're rolling out wi-fi 6 just give me a minute <laughs> we'll get there and i'm like fine i'm gonna call you back in a month um <laughs> uh but using virtual desktop it literally just like it connected um and it launches your games for you like it has a section that says games launcher and it just it checks you know steam it checks um your Oculus um, app on your PC checks all of that, which another fun note, uh, I bought Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, right? 
which on the quest is serviceable, but it's a cross-buy title. So all like the Oculus things, if they have a Rift counterpart, which is the wired headset, it'll be cross-buy. So I can now just play it through PC VR. But anyway, regardless of that, I launch Half-Life Alex, and holy fuck, dish laptop nice. Because <laughs> like, mm. I was playing Half-Life Alex max setting wirelessly, because again, virtual desktop will connect you. Um, I don't even know the wizardry, because it's technically not... I don't know. There's like there's some stuff here. It's technically not. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not technologically sound or capable or really that knowledgeable. I can follow instructions, but I don't understand how it works. But anyway, um, yeah, like no latency. Like honestly, if there's latency, I can't fucking tell where it is. Like it's it's so minuscule, I can't notice. Um, and shit, this game is good. Like. As I'm starting to play it, I was like, oh, right. Okay. So this is what VR is like when a developer who's just like, we got all the resources we want for this can get in on it. Because not to say that uh, there's like on the quest and stuff are bad or anything. It's just that, ooh, everything. I could pick up everything. Like at one point I'm just sitting there and I'm like picking up a marker and I'm drawn on a window and I'm like, that's fucked. Like there's no reason I should be able to do this in this game it's a fucking and i can erase it and i'm just like writing like my name and shit well and this is also the problem with vr is that like they're trying to give me story information and i'm like you know like just like yeah. playing in it and like at one point this guy's telling me about all this stuff and i'm just like picking up a spoon and throwing it at his face because i'm like ah! like it's just so much fun and then i found out wait i can take spoon and i can break the cups oh my god right like it's just like everything is just like there's all this destructible stuff and this is also a point I have to add is that like we talked about, remember with like death horizon, how like when you look at it, it looks like it's like PS2 graphics or something. And this is the deal. When you look at any of these games on a flat surface, it looks, it looks bad. It just does. Like even half-life Alex, if you watch just like a video of it, you're like, well, it looks good ish, but you're also like, it doesn't look as good as games right now. But when you're in that environment, fucking hell, it looks incredible. And, like, especially up against, like, you hold, like, one of those guns and you pull up to your face and you're like, that's just shiny. Like, it's just, it's so incredible. And, like, everything you can touch and play with it. And they've done this brilliant thing where you get these things called, like, gravity gloves. Um, So it solves the problem of, in VR, very often you're like, I don't want to fucking bend over and pick up everything for hours, okay? I'm done with that. Most games just do it so that you just press a button and it, like, shoots to your hand. But they're like, no, 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 no you have gravity gloves. So like you aim towards something, you grab and then you flick your wrist and the object will fly at you and then you catch it, right? And so you actually have to catch it yourself and god damn, that is fun. Like I'm telling you, you get so used to it, you're just like, Foomk, catch and like you just feels incredible. And playing it wirelessly is like, oh, so beautiful because anyone who's playing VR, like I'd say one of the best biggest recommendations is I have a yoga mat that I set down and so I play barefoot and I can feel when I'm on it so I know kind of where I am in my apartment. And like, so you use, you know, the left stick to move, but I never have to use the right stick. There's no reason to turn. I just turn, move around with my body, right? And like, it feels so immersive and I get no like motion sickness from that. And I'm going quite fast in a lot of these. So anyway, (laughs) that's my little, uh, little foray into Half-Life Alex. I'm like about two or 
three chapters in at this point and it's uh it's really fun it's scary shit at times too right like man, when you get like those fucking head crabs coming at you oh dude uh, they're like i see them and i'm like ah, shit like gotta shoot them and like reload yourself and you're just like oh it's so much fun like i i know like as a caveat my setup is not cheap right like i didn't <laughs> this is not like a for everyone setup kind of thing like i saved a fair bit yeah, and I've like, you know, I, I've spoiled myself. We'll put it that way. Um, but that being said, the Quest 2, though, I do think that's an affordable option. Like, it's cheaper than, you know, um, any of the new consoles and stuff. And so, like, if you want at least a taste of it, I do recommend trying to pick up the Quest 2 because it's, it's you're going to have fun. Um, anyway, Half-Life Alex, that's it. Uh, let's go through some of these a little quicker here. So, Shimigami Tensei 5, I'm, I'm dropping off a little bit. I'm still playing it. Um I'm just finding myself a little like, you know what? Next week I'm going to play a lot because I'm starting my, I have my transit um, again and I'm going to be on the bus again. So I'm going to be playing it a bunch. It's just, I got new toys. I'm not really playing at home. (laughs) Uh, Still playing Picross 7 though, which I'll be playing when I'm like watching my classes. That's probably going to drop off a little bit, but you know, it's Picross. What the fuck can I say? Um, (laughs) In Death Unchained on Oculus, still doing that one. Such a great roguelike. It's the bow and arrow one. Just, yeah, it's really fun. I'm probably not going to talk about it that much in the coming weeks because, like, it's a roguelike. So, like, there's not really an end to this game. So I just slowly play it for a run here or there every once in a while, you know? Um, I did. So I spent all this afternoon modding Skyrim Special Edition for the VR uh, for VR and wow, when it's modded, it is really fucking good. <laughs> like, I saw someone talk on Steam where, like, the review was like, I feel bad that I bought this from Bethesda. I wish I could have just paid the modders because, <laughs> like, honestly, the modders make this game so good because it has Higgs. So, like, okay, basically what it does is they there's mod so that your whole body is in the game now. So, like, you can see your body and see your arms, which makes a huge difference everything they've there's like mods so that everything is interactable and like your body touches things and that's a big thing that you don't see in a lot of vr to be honest in a lot of vr games your body can go through stuff right some things like like or at least your hands will go through it but in this one it's like no your body is a, like a physical presence in the game it makes a huge difference and like it lets you like uh, dual wield weapons and stuff and just oh i'm into skyrim again <laughs> uh though i'm not sure if i'm gonna play it like right now i'm playing like i'm just playing a little bit of it today and then i'll probably jump back into it later um speaking of more sorry guys i have so many goddamn games on the go right now just <laughs> for just like the tirade of games but i also started playing resident evil 4 in vr that shit's a chef kiss right there this. I remember you saying last week that was like the real deal. It is the real deal. It's the real deal. It's the best experience I think on the quest that you can get. Like like, ha- like to give you this example, like Half Life, Alex. I would say it's on the level with that. Like as in terms of like the fun that I'm having, it's like it's right up there. Obviously, Alex looks better, but it's a fucking great game. Um, I'm getting quite a bit further. I just did the you know the big giant uh, El Lago or whatever the big fucking. Creep. Never got very far in Resident Evil 4, so oh. no. Brick! <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't speak Never to me. played Resident Evil 4, so oh, no. You too. You guys... Call ourselves gamers. Gotta get VR at some point and play it there, because it's a whole new experience. But there's like this giant water monster, and you're on this boat. 
And holy shit, like flooring that boat while you're like standing and like obviously there are different comfort levels, but I was like, I don't want none of this comfort. Let me be immersive. And like that boat's going off and I've got this harpoon gun and I'm just like shooting this fucking monster coming at me and oh, it's good shit. It's good shit. So anyway, great game. Um, okay, almost done. Actually, I'll wait a second because I think, because yeah, this will be our, our bridge for the both of you actually in a second. But mm. I also started playing Deathloop on my PC. Max settings looks amazing. I'm so happy. <laughs> that was like my <laughs> test. I was like, let's see how it works. And it looks great. Though, you also, know, the game's fine. But the main thing is it looks incredible. looks incredible. No, the game is awesome because <laughs> it's Arcane, right? It's Arcane Lyon. So it's the French studio. Um it's just, it reminds me of Dishonored, but like a whole new, like, you know, atmosphere, like time loop mechanics, ideas. And like, it's so, it's so cool. I really like it. Though, one thing I have to say, uh, yeah, I'm not very good with a mouse and keyboard yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my game to like teach me how to do that. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, which, which button again? Oh, that's the one. Okay, got it, got it. Oh, and I'm like aiming with it. But I will say, even just from the short experience, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get why people play FPS uh games on with a mouse because like shit it's, I, it's, like taking, it's like taking the training wheels off it is just pinpoint precision right like yeah i was just like oh i want to shoot that head Ding, boom. oh i did <laughs> you, know, you know like i get it now um I, I think i always knew but it's just like never having a pc that was good enough like i i should say too because i played risk of rain 2 with you guys earlier uh the week and um like I was joking with them that it felt like it was going at 12 frames per second and I booted up Risk of Rain 2 and I maxed everything out. It was playing at 12 frames per second because I, honest to God, I was like, I don't think I actually played the game last week because I could like actually see what the enemies looked like properly and I was actually aiming and shooting them and I was like, oh, how did I even kill anything last week? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm excited to do that again. But anyway, Death Loop's great. And lastly, the game yeah. that you two are both playing and that I started playing with my uh, with my fiance. Uh, it takes two. This I, game's in awesome. A sense, it takes three or six because, as you say, we're <laughs> all playing it. Six, six. Yeah. Oh, I believed you guys. I just uh, hadn't at the time, but like, she. Oh man. We're, so we're we just beat the toolbox. Like that's where we're at right now. We just just the first two chapters, and we've been doing it basically. We're playing up to a boss, and then we take a break. And uh, mm-hmm. she was so stressed out. She's like, "Oh my god!" Like she's like, "I'm sweating," and I love it because the game is hard, and that makes me really happy. Like it's not. It's not like easy per se. Um, like those bosses are challenging, but they're not impossible. And what was nice is that like we overcame it, right? Like she was freaking out. And at first she was like, oh, we can just quit if you want. And I was like, no, we're going to beat this. And like, then she realized, she's like, oh, I am learning how to do this. And like, there was such a feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. What it, what it does well is that it, it trusts itself to be difficult, but it also brings the consequences of getting it wrong way down. Yes. And I think that's what makes it crucial. So, like, even if one character dies, you've got, like, a grace period. If the other person stays alive, mm-hmm. where you can sort of bash triangle if it's on PS4 and bring yourself back into the game. Even if you both die, the checkpoints are really, really generous. Yep. And I think that's key because, like yep. you said, the last thing you want is to, especially with a game like this, it's a great one to bring someone in with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing you want is someone to get frustrated and just sort of crash out early. And I will say, and like, she, oh, sorry, I was saying, like, she's really, um, she's really developed her video game skills in general, like, 
because when we first, I, if I had introduced this to her first, I think it would have been a little more of a nightmare. But like she, yeah. through Halo, she's gotten more used to controlling her camera. And so like she's still kind of getting used to that. But like it, it's a really fun game for developing gaming skills because there's so many different things you have to do in it. That's like, yeah, it's just, it's nice. <laughs> and it's mechanically demanding without being too much. Can we all appreciate as well how much like the male character's air dash looks like just a weird penis thrust? Yeah, it's a weird... Right? He's like... Blah, blah, blah. It's kind of... It's like the first thing I noticed. So for, for anyone who's listening, like, you have an air dash. And for the both of them doing the male character, when he does it, the dash basically consists of, like... It looks as though someone's thrown a fishing line, hooked him by the gonads, and just whipped it away. I actually hadn't <laughs> noticed that. Goes, <laughs> fucking pelvis first through the air. And I, I'm pretty sure the first time I did it, I just went, penis. Penis. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's so uh, bad. I can't see it anymore. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> yeah, fuck. We're, we're screwed now. Well, you know, my partner was saying how, like, she really appreciates how there's kind of this implication that, like, the dad's sort of, like, stay at home and, like, you know, the mom's his engineer, like, doing that work and stuff. And she's like, it's just kind of nice. Like, it's like, oh, look, it's like a slightly different look at, like, typical relationship dynamics. And, like, hmm. she's like, that's kind of nice. Like, she's like, you know, it's like, it's not, like, overstated. It's just like, oh, she's the one who fixes the appliances and stuff, but, like, he's kind of the one who uses them. And so, like, there's this kind of, like, nice, like, yeah, it was just, she was like, she, she, it's different. Yeah, like, it's different. That. And she's yeah. like, I like this. This is nice, you know? Um, yeah. Plus, the two of them are so well, like, they're such good characters um, and so well voiced. And the Book of Love is hilarious. I love it. My favorite. My personal <laughs> favorite. Stupid book. Oh, my God. I love how every time you switch, like, mm-hmm. in the background. Right? Uh, slams <laughs> yeah. the door in their faces. And he's like, Window, now you're thinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the, the book is funny. Like 90% of the time, but at some point we were like, hey, wait, are we reaching the end? And the book is like, hey, no, you still suck. <laughs> and the game's deceptively long because you get a few of those moments where you're like, oh, I think we're finally getting it. And it's like, no, no, no. And like, you have a look online at a guide and you're like, fuck, we're not even halfway there yet. It's a long game from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I checked this cool little site called How Long and it said 12 to 15 hours yeah and i mean we've been parceling it out like i think the way we're doing it is nice because like we're basically playing it in like hour-long chunks and so it's kind of fun to be like okay because i i do think you know there aren't a lot of games that i necessarily feel this way with but like this one it's like after a section you kind of you're like i gotta i gotta i gotta stop for a bit (laughs) you know because again it's a lot of like communication with your with the person you're playing with as well right um which is actually very fun. Um, and like, I love the puzzles. Like, oh my God, the fact that we both had to figure them out. Like we had a really organic moment where, um, I won't say the exact, but like I'll, you guys know, but it's like the puzzle where um, like the hammer flips a, a, flips a platform. And it was the, oh, kind yeah. of the first time we were using the hammer and nail. And my, I was trying to figure out what was going on. My partner just kind of like said something like as she was trying to puzzle something out and it just like unlocked like a thing in my brain. And it felt like very collaborative and it was really nice because a lot of my experience playing games, like when we were playing Halo together, for instance, like I beat Halo and she came along. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's kind of like, and like, she's be the first to admit that. And a lot of co-op games, that's what it's like, right? But in this one, I'm like, no, I can't beat this game without her. And that is really fun. Like, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, I wish there were more games like this. Um, and so I see, I can 100% see how this one game of the year, because I really think this is like, 
so intrinsically a game in, spe- in a special way. And I'm like, yeah, I, I really dig it. Anyway, what, what you two? Who wants to talk next? <laughs> Rick, uh, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, I'll jump back in. So, I, to be fair, I've had a really busy week. I haven't actually mm. played all that much. So, I have played a bit more of It Takes Two. Nice. Um, I have played a little bit more of Sable, but I, as close as I am, I've not quite finished it yet. Mm. Um, I haven't played a bit more of The Witcher, but it's still on my list. Uh, the one game that I've really sort of made a chunk more progress in that I was playing last week is Crimson Shroud, which uh, nice. now that Box Boy's sort of boxed off, um, <laughs> is my sort of commuting game. And once you get into it, once you get past what is to be fair, a relatively slow sort of opening 20, 30 minutes, uh, the game's got a lot of charm to it. The, the 3D works really nicely with the sort of dioramas and the models that the game works with. Um the nature of the game lends itself well to storytelling and the game takes advantage of that. There's uh, a really sort of deep lore behind the group that you find yourself with in media res. Um, mm. There's a lot of opportunities to learn a little bit more about them. Um, you feel like you have three genuine characters who you're sort of navigating with and interacting with. And the combat's quite fleshed out. It's um a relatively standard turn-based battle system, but the introduction of dice and um, the way that it handles MP and skill points and things like that um, gives it an element of freshness. It, it, it makes it stand out a little bit from other genre games. So I'm having a really good time with that one. Um, and then there's two new games, one of which I'm definitely going to stick out with, one of which I'm probably not. Uh, and I'll start with the last first. That is Dragon Ball Origins for the DS. Uh, I mean, the developers saw Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass and they're like, hey, we can do that. Uh, they can't. It's, it's, it's like a really, really generic sort of top-down action game where everything is controlled with the stylus and it's all quite basic and it doesn't really control quite right. And I don't really have any attachment to the Dragon Ball franchise. I just have an R4 card and a dream. <laughs> and to be honest with you, it's it's probably just going to get deleted off said R four card very very quickly. <laughs> An R four card in a dream. That's that's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true though. I just booted it up out of sheer curiosity. It's like, yeah, man, probably not. Um, and the one I, I'm definitely going to stick out, and this has been a lovely sort of replay. It's only daddish for Nintendo Switch. The the only game where you play as a dad who is also a radish. And it's better on Switch than it was on mobile. And I had a blast with it on mobile. Um, it, it's I mean, it's, it's still a very, very simple platformer that's just style on top of substance. Like the platforming is good, but what makes it is the gorgeous kind of crunchy pixel art, the humor of the radishes, um, just the charm of it and the the clean way that it's been put together. It's no fluff. It knows exactly what it is. It doesn't have any pretensions to be anything more or less. Um, and it definitely benefits from being on a physical D-pad. Like the, the, the touchscreen controls are fine because it's left and right and jump and that's it. But it's always going to be nicer on a controller. Yeah. And having not touched that yeah. franchise in a little while, to come back to it and they were on sale when I got them. So it's like 80 pence a game. It, you can't really say fairer than that. Yeah. So, yeah, that I mean, that's been a lovely little bit of fun. I'll probably have that finished by next week. He says, tempting fate once again. <laughs> but it's been nice to revisit that one. Um, and it, it's every bit 
the joy that I remembered it last time. Nice. Um, Paula, crack on. Well, as always, I've been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons, and I finally got a little bit more of inspiration to continue my uh, remodelation. Remodeling? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is that since I got like quite a lot of bells last time of my uh, turnip adventures, Mm -hmm. I can actually like build bridges and inclines and move my villagers' houses, and I can actually do a stuff now because I have the money for it. I did wonder what so. you'd be spending your turnip millions on. <laughs> well, yeah, in in a total island makeover, pretty much, <laughs> because a road makeover wasn't enough in the real life. In real life, fair. <laughs> And also, we've been playing Age of Empires 4 with my boyfriend again. We, I don't know what we're gonna do, like playing one on one later, because we've we've done this thing where uh, he plays with the Chinese civilization, and his civilization is like great on late game, and my civilization is great on early game. So, what we do is that I pretty much. Um, Pretty much like, uh, I guess, like combat uh, like all the attacks from the opposite team until he is like um, advanced enough on his civilization to actually start uh, making like the very good units. So he rushes to the last age and I'm stuck like on feudal or castle age and like trying to protect him because. I swear, if he dies in the early game, I'm fucked. Like, straight up. <laughs> I'm screwed. And no, no way I'm, I'm winning the game on, on late game. <sighs> so, yeah. We actually defeated twice the two... Um, I think it was an intermediate and a hard AI. So we're getting better at this thing. Nice. Nice. Then we're going to have to do a one-on-one -on -one at some point, and we're going to be screwed. <laughs> Beautiful. Then I've started Kena Breach of Kena? Kena? Kena. Kena, yeah. Kena, Kena. Kena Breach of Spirits. <laughs> sure. Oh my god. And this game is very charming. It's a bit too on rails for my liking, but hmm. it certainly is like a well made game. So far it is fine, TM. No, it is more than fine, TM. Hmm. The game runs beautifully. The only problem, and quote unquote problem, is that my computer sounds like it's about to take off at any time because I thought it was a good idea to put everything on ultra settings, nice. which I do not regret because the game is gorgeous. Um, I would recommend anyone who wants to play it to play it on the second difficulty level because the default is the easiest difficulty level. Oh. And if you, yeah, uh, I I I really recommend going with the intermediate setting because, well, it gives you a little bit more of a challenge on combat, which is, uh, which I feel is like what was supposed to be like the intended difficulty at some point, but some, for some reason they knocked they knocked it out, knocked it down too easy. Um, 
been having a lot of fun so far. I've been playing like a couple of hours in total so far. And I'm looking forward to playing it even more. Nice. And a new game that I got is Cat Organized Neatly for PC. <laughs> you have like this grid and you have to fit your cats on the grid. That is all the concept. It is a puzzle game. Yeah, it's like a um, tangle with cats. It actually looks really, really charming. I bet it is. I yeah. believe it. It looks like hand round too. And like uh each time you're given like a new cat that is like a new piece of the puzzle, I guess. You're giving like the name of the of the cat and a little bit um on their personality too. So these cats are actual characters and they make like different faces depending on if like if they're just on standstill or, or if you grab them and put them in the grid. They're pretty it's a it looks it's very cute. pretty as well. Like it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh like hand drawn it looks like at least. Nice and cheap, just a couple yeah. of pounds. And there's also the sequel Dogs Organized Neatly. Oh, if wow. you're a fan of the superior pet. Hey. The cat is a superior pet here, and I I will buy on this hill. The superior fine, pet is the one that on doesn't the eat your face, so I'm just saying. <laughs> the cat doesn't eat my face. The so... cat will eat your face well, if you yeah. die. <laughs> no, it won't. Oh, it will. It, there has been many recorded instances of cats eating humans after they die. <laughs> they have no chill. They have Isa, zero you won't chill. eat my face if I die, right? Cat's like, where? Mmm. I remember where she is. <laughs> <laughs> no. His paws no. crossed behind Yeah, <laughs> Both paws. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. Cats and dogs are both wonderful. <laughs> Some are more wonderful I like than others. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's with Cat Organized Neatly. Maybe I will have it beaten like, by next week. And mm. the other game, the, ga- the one game that I've been making loads of progress on is Taidoku. Agents of Sakuragami, mm. and I've uh, I've done like two more routes. Two, yeah, two more routes, and it really is a more slice of life um, visual novel kind of thing. Instead of like the full of drama and deep history and stuff like that, and I really appreciate that in a game from time to time, uh, especially because each of the characters even like the secondary characters are very well written and and i have to make this comment because they're like this tree of characters that are supposed to be like in charge of one of the districts they are just like a bunch of gremlins and there's like these four characters that is they like, actually like love interest of the route that has to keep them on check otherwise they're like like i run into a scene but there was like this one character saying like Okay, let the ritual begin. Like, bring the goods. Okay, the unpacking must be, like, carefully done. Every- Otherwise, the ritual will not succeed or something like that. <laughs> and they were just, um, like, unpacking a, a model. Like, one of those models that you have to assemble yourself. And it's like, oh, it looks in mint condition. Hey, you need to count the pieces yet. Don't... The, the the whole scene was just stupid. I didn't love it because they they pretty much like have this mundane thing. I'm blowing everything out of proportion. Maybe because they are um ayagashi, like they are like non humans, non spirit beings, I guess. 
and the um, they pretty much like some used to be human, but some of them are just born ayakashi or like there were objects and were turned into ayakashi after uh, a certain amount of time and like depending on what the context of each ayakashi is is how they interact i guess with the world and also what they ask from the Ayagashi Mori, the ones that are like the humans that are in charge of them, to bring from the real world because they don't really need to do like they don't really need to sleep. Like half of them don't really need to sleep. Some don't even need to eat, but they pretty much are like curious on what humans do and try to imitate them because just for fun. Because most of them are live like very long or are just immortal, and that. That is kind of like a fun take on the whole uh, supernatural thing. And yep, I guess that's Daidoku, if I don't have like anything else to say, which my notes tell me I don't. <laughs> I think. And why don't... Wait, did we all already... Yeah, we're we're done with the playing segment. It's, it's an unnaturally sort of timely recording so far. Yeah, we've been pretty good this week. I think we're just kind of zipping. <laughs> yeah, it takes us by virtue straight onto uh, the topic this week, which is uh, achievements or trophies or whatever your platform of choice calls them. I want to um, go on. Sorry, I want to like I want to tell just a quick little story from last night involving achievements so i was playing mass effect 3 and uh i'm at like i won't talk about like what was happening but i'm at let's just say i'm at the end of the game at an extremely climactic moment and it's one of those moments where you know like in video games where they make you walk slow it's one of those moments okay so uh you're kind of doing that shit and so i'm doing this slow oh i know where this is going already yeah and then i get to this this moment and it's about to load and i get the achievement i get the achievement and then i hear crank and my partner's watching with me and she goes, is that supposed to happen? And I'm like, no. And the game just crashes right back to the Xbox desktop. And I was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking achievements! <laughs> like, I, oh, I loaded back up and I have to do it. It wasn't far back, but I have to do that slow fucking thing again. And then when I get to it, it was fine. So I, re- I truly think the achievement caused the game to crash because afterwards it was fine. But anyway, that's my quick little <laughs> achievement story. Um, but yeah, what we got? I don't even know what we're gonna talk about with achievements. But let's. <laughs> I, think, I think we were just going to talk all things achievements. Now the problem is, you guys are both gonna have to do some heavy lifting here because I could not give any less of a shit about achievements. Like, with the rare exception of if I need like a couple to finish a game and it's stuff I was gonna do anyway, and it's all very close. I will occasionally do it. So, for example, uh, when I recently replayed Valhalla, um, I'd missed two achievements, one of which was, like, buying the last item, which I needed some more money for, and the second of which was for finishing a mini game. So, like, eh, take me five minutes, I'll just do it, and then, like, box it off. Um, similar thing with Rocket League, a little while around. Um, otherwise, I couldn't give less of a shit. You know, I, I'm playing the game to play the game, and, yeah, sure, sometimes the, the achievements can help signpost certain things, that they might want you to do but it's rare that achievements actually bother to do that generally it's more 
um, awkward, grindy stuff or generic, you were going to do this with the story anyway stuff. So um, I generally have like achievement pings switched off. Certainly on Steam, I do. Um, PlayStation, I generally have them switched off. Vita, I have them completely switched off. I, I just don't see the point for me personally. I, I get it. It's just not for me. Yeah. So hopefully you two do a bit more with them because otherwise this section's going to be dead on arrival. Well, I think something interesting though with achievements is that like, because I agree with you. I'm I think for like the what would you call it like platform achievements, right? Like um, sure. the Xbox ones. You know what I mean? Like the the things that are overlays that aren't necessarily baked into the game that unlock. Like for instance, when I was playing Yakuza, fuck. Every time an achievement would come up, I was like, great. I didn't want to read those fucking subtitles. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like, thanks. Thanks, game. Um, so I was like, all right, get out of here. But here's the thing. If there's an achievement that is like in the game and that's like, you know, like the Xbox ones, couldn't care less. But if there's something in the game itself where it's like, get all of these things, suddenly I'm like, I'll do that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but like if there's even like the slightest reward, I'm like a little more into it. And I feel like there's like, there are different levels of it, right? Like for me, the achievements that I couldn't care less are achievements that are just like do X thing a number of times. Fuck off. Who cares, right? Um, but achievements for like specific feats or like interesting things that you can do, and if they're tied even slightly to a reward, even if it's just like the smallest damn thing, I'm like, yeah, I'll try that out. <laughs> I'm down. And I think you've hit on something key there when you say like if it's something intrinsic within the game rather than mm-hmm. fucking vanity platform points or whatever it happens to be. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of achievements are like just cancerous where it's like, you know, you got to use this power. Like, Mass Effect's pretty bad for this, actually. Because, again, they, was at the, they were kind of at, like, that start of achievements where achievements were sort of just, like, this, like, oh, shit, I have to put achievements in my game. And so they would. it was just, like, I don't know, use this biotic power 300 times. You know, use this one 400 mm. times. And you're like, no, thanks. I'm good. And then you, you end up with <laughs> achievement farming games like I Am Mayo, where the point is literally just a mm. cheap way to farm um playstation trophies or gamer score and i don't understand what their purpose is anymore when i was i guess when i was doing like the 360 era when that kind of became a thing it sort of made sense because you were like playing with your friends and like you would all kind of like check with each other but like now it's just there are it's there are there are literal literally like over a decade now of time with achievements that like my score is absurdly large but then i skipped an entire generation um and so now I'm back in on Xbox, and I was like, why do I have any of these? What, what is the purpose? <laughs> so, I don't know. Paolo, what about you? What, what are your thing with these? Do you like going for them for them trophies? It depends. Because uh, for visual novels and, well, visual uh-huh. novels in general, to make games included, um, it, they are very useful to know if I have all the endings because like mm. 90% of the games that I play don't have a stupid menu that says which endings I have or which ones I don't. So for that purpose, achievements are actually like very useful for me. Plus, if I get all the achievements, I get, uh, in like 99% of the my games that I play, I get like a special uh, picture like with all the characters or something fun like that. I see. Which I then put like uh, a screenshot and save it to my phone because these illustrations are very, very well done. And 
the 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 price one is like uh uh a huge cg like with all the characters usually and a lot of fun stuff also i may or may not have like a i don't have like a completionist mindset most of the time i mm. guess maybe sure you don't ricky's gonna be fine <laughs> Like visual novels, puzzle games, and if I see the achievements and they're like stupid, then I, I'm like all in. Yeah. But most of the time when it's like repeat this action like a stupid amount of times, I, I don't even care. But then you have like the I I, I actually like to see the names of the achievements because a lot of the games that I play have very created or funny or funny names mm. uh like cut organized um yeah cut organized neatly cuz polish on the fluff or cut achievement <gasps> or meal favorite <sighs> or whoa no kitten around ah. <laughs> nice. yeah uh, so i i enjoy Those are looking at these those are perfect puns, really. <laughs> Not happy with that, <laughs> Alex. Get out of here right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, like it depends on the game. Sometimes they are useful. Sometimes they are fun. Sometimes they are meh. Yeah. Can we also take a moment just to discuss the cancer that is online-only achievements? Oh yeah. Those are broken because yeah. half the games don't have them anymore. I think Mass Effect 3 had some of those and like, well, guess what, son? Not online anymore. Don't get those anymore. You're nope. screwed. <laughs> Though the Mass Effect 3 online yeah, like, is very fun. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, like many of the games on the Vita get yeah, no. Slowly, you're slowly done. becoming uncompletable, yeah. And I think the testament to like how useless achievements are is the fact that no you don't fucking miss them on the Switch or like 3S or anything. You know what I mean? Like they're not there and you don't I don't even notice. Like I'm like, oh yeah, I guess there's no achievements here. Like uh I you know, you're my like now that I, you mentioned that, the fact that you can turn them off, I'm like, I should do that because I don't even like I forgot that you could do that. That you could just turn they off. Can't crash your game if you don't get a notification. Yeah, I need to do that because goddamn, it crashed my game. <laughs> yeah, I, completely off on Steam. They're completely off on Vita. I think I might still have them switched on on PS4. To yeah. be honest with you, but on, on everything else that I can turn them off of, I have turned them off of. Okay. It's a blessing in disguise for Epic that they haven't bothered to set up their achievement system yet. I do not care in the slightest. Yeah, and I mean, like, if there's some kind of, like, I don't know. The, the, the thing is that they're just so useless. Like, they don't really do anything. The only ones that I care about, actually, is, like, there's, like, Game Pass award. Like, they're not really achievements. They're, like, tasks that you do, and, like, you get points for them, and you can spend those points on more Game Pass. So, like, I don't mind that. I'm, Wait, like, really? yeah, yeah, I had that on my thing. It's Game Pass rewards, and so, like, I uh, I have enough almost for three more months, um, which is, like, real nice. Um, it's just for like playing the I'm games. Yeah, it's a thing. I don't know. It might be different in different countries. Like I know we got them in Canada. It's probably one of those things where it's like different depending where you live. But like that, I think I've had nudges about points though, so it's at least a, a Western Hemisphere thing. At the very least, yeah. So check it out, Paolo. It's 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 you know because like you don't have to do anything really. You just like check in it once in a while, and you're like, okay, I've got some points here, and you just keep playing Game Pass games, and then you builds up, and then you spend it. Um, and there's a lot of other things you can spend it on too, but. Yeah. Yeah, I just like, 
I don't know. It's weird. Like, because like part of me sometimes likes to check the achievements. Like, oh, what did I get? But then like, the other thing is like, I don't like, there's so many secret achievements that ultimately you're like, what's the point? So I look at it and it's like, I'm never going to know what to do unless I look it up and like try to get all the special stuff to figure out what to do. And then at that point it's like, eh. and I get your point too, Paula, about how like, yeah, it's useful if you are like checking to see what endings you got, but then it's also only useful once, right? Because once you unlock the achievement, if yeah. you ever are going to replay it, well, you know, sucks to be you, right? Like, <laughs> uh, true. yeah. Um, that's why I, I'm kind of a fan of like in game and maybe that's ultimately where I, I land on this, where like I really think that the concept isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it should just be something that's within your game. Like if you want to have, you know, special rewards or something that you get for doing things, just let it be a thing that happens in the game itself. Um, because ultimately that to me feels just better. Like I think about like a, a Yakuza, uh, no, not Yakuza, sorry, Judgment, uh, Yakuza Light. Uh, and like that one, you know, you're getting points and things for doing certain moves and whatnot. And so you kind of do have a checklist of stuff, but it's within the game. And so like, you know, it feeds within to the system. So I actually give a shit, but like, I don't know. I think unless you're engaged in like, you're engaged socially, um, with your achievements and you're like sharing them with friends or something. Don't really know if it appeals much for me anymore. I'm too old guys. (laughs) I don't care anymore. But has anyone? I was going to say, speaking about caring anymore, like I don't have any funny, memorable stories about game <laughs> so unless you two do, I don't know. It's a slow week for us, folks. Um... <laughs> oh, actually, you know, before we go I to our. Oh, sorry. Are you good? Do you have? Because I, I do have like some memorable and difficult achievements. Oh, really? Because for personal for Yeah. Huh? The segment is saved. Segment You're saving saved. it. Very safe. Yep. Uh, mainly in Persona 4 Dancing a Light because it has like the standard PS4 achievements, but it also has like in-game achievements. And who oh boy, doing the uh, there's one song that played on this on the on difficult and the very difficult difficulty level. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> like it. it the thing has like four difficulty levels. So if you've played on the third one and you pretty much have to hit a thousand of the notes without missing a beat, it, then you get an achievement. And that song is so fucking difficult. <laughs> like so difficult. I have no idea how I got the achievement because after not playing for like three months, then I tried again and yep, nope, hands no moving anymore. And, and that game is hard as balls on the higher difficulties. Yeah. Mm. It's still, like, pretty fun. Like, uh, the mm. fog. And what, sorry? No. The fog, the one... I have no idea what you're I, I was talking about the, the, the track with Adachi. I played this a long time ago, my dudes. <laughs> I don't remember. I, it wasn't that long ago, but I'll be honest, it's not, it's not ringing a bell. I'm sorry. God damn it. Well, that one track... Is false heart. Mm. And doing it almost perfectly grants you like the uh, the 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 trophy. And holy shit, that was like one satisfying thing to pull. Like very, very satisfying. I'm trying to think of another like 
difficult achievement, but that's the one that I remember the most. You know what? The other ones are just funny. I do have one, actually. Back in my 360 days, it was the first Modern Warfare, completing that plane mission on Veteran. Um, do you remember that freaking mission in that game? The one where you're like, you're in a plane? The AC-30 one where it's black and white. I don't think it's black and white. No, but you're you're just up in this plane and it's like an extremely difficult level and you have to like rescue a hostage at the end. Um, and it was just, it's just a really, really, really hard level. And so there was an achievement for completing it on veteran and uh, under like a certain amount of time, I think, because you have to do it like really quickly because um, there's like a time there where they'll shoot the hostages. And I, I remember being that, getting that achievement and going like, I am the master gamer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good shit. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. That's it. I'm done. Um, oh, I, I actually do have one. It turns out. Um, ooh, we all when, when I played when I played Lollipop Chainsaw, uh, there's an achievement for flicking the camera up under the character <laughs> called "It was an accident." I swear. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Very sweet. Yeah. Nice. I got another one here from Slime Rancher. Mm. And this is not a not a difficult one, but it's like a memorable memorable one. And the thing is, in the game you have an incinerator. If you choose to buy one or build one on your farm, and if you, for some reason, you think you even think of um, incinerating a chikadu that is pretty much a baby chicken. You get the achievement, you monster. Hmm. Send an adorable chick to a fiery end. The same place you're not destined to go. And it's like the game just like tells you you're a fucking monster for even trying. And I think I got that achievement on accident because I was trying to incinerate like another thing. And I incinerated the chick like by mistake. Oh, it was, it was an accident, you swear. I'm sorry, it was an accident <laughs> the first time. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, um, the other ones that are funny, like, mostly on the names, is uh, are the ones from Hakuoki, both on the Vita and the PC versions. I don't know what was going on on the head of the devs, but they were just having a field day with the names of these. Like, there's um, achievements for a character named Saito, and there's a cat here. And the name of the achievement was a cider for, for sore eyes. Uh-huh. And there's like a lot of uh, <laughs> names of achievements that go like either by a pun by, on the name or just like a stupid thing they thought it was funny. And to their credit, it was. Uh, so yeah, I think that's... I probably, if I, if I dig on my... Steam profile, I'll probably get some more, but those are the ones that come uh, from at the top of my head. Nice. Um, Should we move on? Yeah, that's it, I think. Yeah. Actually, yeah. before we move on to our question, um, there were some nice questions on the Discord actually about uh, like the podcast, like our season numbering stuff and how long we've been and all that. And I thought this would be fun to just like shout out kind of why we do this this way because i don't think we ever really said why and what season two is <laughs> no <laughs> right no, that's probably fair. yeah um yeah so i probably a little bit of history time right so mm-hmm. this podcast originally uh was incarnated i want to say 2018 
Uh, and that was myself and uh, two older forum members, uh, Ultimate Zombie Toast and Kerfmurf, who really was sort of the brains behind this going on initially. Um, that podcast um, was at a time when the world wasn't in a global pandemic and we all had much more uh, commitments on our time. Uh, and after in the region of 15, 16 episodes, um, the three of us decided to sort of press pause on it all. Mm. Um, and then sort of in the middle of lockdown two, as far as the UK sort of bracketing of them came, um, the idea was touted of, you know, where is the podcast? Why don't we sort of bring it back up again? And um, ultimately after sort of talking to a few people and, and um, putting feelers out, uh, the three of us sort of came to bring it back. And rather than, starting from a, another episode number to tr- sort of roll things on. We thought it made more sense to sort of delineate the two, make this season two, respect what happened before, and also give ourselves the opportunity to make this something of our own. You yeah. know, the three of us sort of grow into it and shape it the way that we wanted to. Would you guys both say that's fair? Have I missed anything out? No, that's... No, that's fair. Because, like, the idea, too, is that, like, we're kind of trying to future-proof this. Because, again, this is, like, a community podcast. And so... Um, there will eventually come a time, I'm sure, hopefully no, hopefully not anytime soon, you know, knocking on wood, but mm-hmm. like where one or more of us will, you know, just be unable to make weekly commitments. And so the kind of hope is that when that day comes, another group or whatnot can like take over and become season three kind of deal. Um, cause you know, it's just, this is just a community thing. Um, <laughs> uh, so it'll be season two for probably a long time. <laughs> yeah. just able yeah for the foreseeable future um so anyway there's a little bit of history on that and as for the how long to beat game we still haven't decided what we're gonna do with that <laughs> but nope. i haven't even nope. discussed it since last week maybe we'll go to 200 um we're still waiting for you because remember we record these like you know we just dropped last week's episode as we record this episode so really the community hasn't had time to give input yet so you know there's there's a time lag on these episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, why don't we move on then to the question, which I really like this question. This is kind of like a follow-up from an episode we did a, f- a few weeks back where we were talking about um, uh, adaptations of games into like movies and TV, but now this is the reverse. So good old R2-D2-1999 asks, what's a movie or TV series that would make a good game? Which I've got one that I want to start with that... To be fair, has been made into games. I just don't think very well. Um, and that's Scooby-Doo. And the thing is, like, it's been made into a couple games here and there. And there's, like, one or two in the PS2 that's apparently fine. But, like, imagine Scooby-Doo meets L.A. Uh, LA Noir, <laughs> But, like, not, not, like, not, like, seedy and intense. Like, still goofy and fun. But, like, actually doing detective stuff. Um, within like a house but like depends on who it is like if you're Fred you're all about like setting traps and shit but if you're like doing Velma you're actually doing like the detective work and then like Scooby and Shaggy are just like straight up like platforming or running away stuff and like (laughs) shit like this like I would just love an adventure game with all of them but like just I don't know like like and based off Mystery Inc because that one is like my favorite one um there's like a really good uh, the, the like 05 cartoony one i think i know the one you mean yeah i th- yeah the one that is like like people love and it's just very good i think it was like two or three seasons of it and it's like super super well done um and i just think like 
I don't know. I could just imagine the stuff you could do with it, like give a really stylized, um, cartoony um, aesthetic to it. And it's like a mystery game, right? Where like you're solving mysteries. And, um, but also, I don't even know. Even if you make it like get slight inspiration from Telltale games a little bit and like have like, you know, relations with each other kind of deal, like it could just be really fun. So I know that, that's one of my ideas, Scooby-Doo. But what, what do y'all think? <laughs> I want a House of Cards video game. Oh, well, complicated now, but oh. <laughs> yeah, listen, like, character agnostic, actor agnostic. Yeah. Just, I want to play as a fucked up, corrupt American politician. Yeah. And I want to have conversations. I want to make deals. I want to stab back. Yeah. I think that game lends itself beautifully well to like weaving your own narrative. Uh, the one movie is such series that I would like to see in video game form, but in a decent video game form is How to Train Your Dragon. Because there, there were actually some adaptations made in video game form, but most of them suck. There's like one on, Garden, on the Cartoon Network site, I think, where you pretty much just train dragons and do like fine challenges and stuff like that. But it is kind of rough. There was uh, one release for the Wii U, I want to say PlayStation and Wii and I don't know what else. Mm-hmm. And I saw like someone trying out the game and it is even rather the, than the browser version. Um, there's like a new one that is on Steam and Switch, I think, and PS4 that... I think you don't play as Hiccup, but rather like a new rider. Mm. And I've heard it is decent, but does like the best thing I've heard about it. So literally like the best adaptation from one of the Hot Turn Your Dragon movies that I played is one on like those old phones where you could like download like um, a Java, a .java application. <laughs> and it was like a top-down adventure game. It took like a couple of hours to beat, but at the very least, it was fun. And and I kind of like miss having like that. I guess shorter or maybe yeah, shorter adventure game. There's actually like a dragon fighting game and dragon racing game on the 3DS, but I don't know anything about those, and I'm just scared to even look at them. Because the, the the record is not is not good at all, mm. so I wish like they 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 don't have to do like hiccup story because that has been told again and again. But at the very least, they could like do something like set somewhere between the the movies or the series or anything like that. Because with the with the series, there's a lot of space, a lot of like dragon riders from different parts of the of the world or of the archipelago and different cultures of how a dragon is trained that you could do a very interesting thing you could even like do an rpe if, if you so wish and have like each character go on a little adventure or have a party of dragons or i don't know <laughs> or just find you under the dragon and make it feel nice because so far it feels like shit <laughs> It's kind of hard to, like, the more I think about, um, like, TV shows trying to adapt, it's like, I don't know. For some reason, 
Well, actually, I think in a similar way, games to movies, like, seem almost easier to me, but then at the same time, because, like, it's really hard for me to imagine live-action um, TV series as games, right? Even though I know we're getting to, like, such high fidelity and stuff, it's just there's always something off about it, right? And, like... Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's why I think, like, pretty much all our examples, except for yours, you got House of Cards, so that's interesting, but, like, most of our examples are, like, you know, in the animated genre, but I don't know, there's something, because, like, when I think about a good TV show, I usually like it because of its narrative, and so trying to consider, like, what would make a good game not just because of its narrative, but, like, what actual shows have some kind of, like, have, like, the opportunity for a gameplay hook in it, and I'm like, I don't really know. I mean, there's one, this might be a deep cut that people don't know <laughs> but I've got a deep cut as well so we'll do deep cuts go on okay there's this show called it's a french it's a french animated show called last man last man um and it's about this boxer and like he, there's like these parallel dimensions that he goes to it's a whole thing but uh it's like he's a boxer right and so like, it's a lot about fighting and like part of me feels like um it would really work nicely because like the whole idea is there's like these supernatural forces that like take over people and like he's like going and fighting them and like getting rid of them and whatnot and he has to protect this girl who's like really important and special because of this other world and so like the pre the the animated show is a prequel to the comic uh that was made and like i used to use it to practice my french honestly (laughs) like i would listen to it and be like because you know it's very like france french and so a lot of slang in it and so i'm like you know that would actually make like a more thinking about it that make a really fucking cool video game especially if it followed the show and then went into the world like it could be a pretty wide-ranging like beat-em-up um kind of like i think it could have like real yakuza vibes to it as well but maybe more on a linear path because you have to go to a lot of different locations but yeah it'd be pretty cool anyway if you haven't heard of last man check it out it's really cool it's very violent though so just heads up (laughs) (laughs) My deep cut is a an old sixties British show that I watched with my dad and we loved. They tried to reboot it about a decade ago and did a really shoddy job of it. Uh, the show is called The Prisoner, and it's all about a um, a, a spy who uh, is knocked unconscious and taken to this place in the middle of nowhere called the Village. And there are loads of people there. They don't really know why, but it's this idyllic sort of secluded town there's no way out Mm. but something's not quite right and uh anyone who goes out of line like there's this giant weather balloon that like comes and swallows them up so i imagine something somewhere between like the council and hello neighbor where you've got to like investigate and pick up clues and work things out but at the same time you've got this ever-present fucking white spherical threat sort of bobbing around nice you know what that makes me think of now oh sorry go on I want. No, go ahead. I want. I don't. I don't even care. I don't need it to be based on this show, but I want like a Dexter video game in the style of Hitman, where the whole point is that you're stalking people as a serial killer, <laughs> just like taking them out. Because Dexter, his whole like code is that he takes out like bad like people who have done He's like an horrible ethical things. Serial killer, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That would be fucking dope. Like if it's like kind of open ended, and you're like you have to go find people and like like keep an eye on folks and like watch npcs and like um imagine like you know how like watch Dogs legion had like all of these like unique npcs in their world like imagine if you did that yeah. but like only some of them are doing like absolutely heinous shit and you have to figure out who they are it could be kind of fun vampires a bit like that as well yes make it like that in its morality killing <laughs> system yeah yeah mm-hmm. 
right? Like my tip cut would probably be something among the lines of the Dragon Prince that is the oh, a Netflix show. Hmm. And mm -hmm. the other reason it has potential is because the authors of the show are, are also like releasing graphic novels and books. Mm -hmm. And some of the stories are based like on a different character's point of view. So I guess you could try to make something from that, uh, from another character that has been already introduced or something like that. Or maybe like do something a little bit like what Konosuba does with some of the games. Um, sorry, bless you. What was that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Konosuba or God bless you, one of four. That is uh, one of those uh, series, anime series that was based on a light novel. Oh. Or a Japanese novella, if, if you so choose. But. Um, the thing about Konosuba is that it starts with a protagonist that is like that is on this world and is given like a second chance on a different world because it's like, oh, we're low on heroes, so we cannot like need to import souls from other worlds and stuff like that. It's completely stupid. And it's more of a it is a comedic take on the Isekai genre of stuff. Generally, because <laughs> so many the... of these words you have said to me are completely foreign. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Isekai is you die and you're reincarnated on another world. Oh, so so far it is from what a... I thought. <laughs> yep, it's a comedic take on that because so many of the other series are like, oh, and you are now like either have like godlike powers in this world or something like that. No, this is the a, a, a fucking human gremlin that got put into this another other world and since the goddess that reincarnated him was not nice to him and he was allowed to take any one thing, she uh, he pretty much like brought the goddess to the to the world and is like, okay, you're not in my party. Fuck off. And it's pretty much like whenever you're like with a group of friends playing like a role play game like D and D or the and and each of you make like a character that is like a complete disaster, and you put everyone together, and somehow it works, and that's Konosuba. So what they've done with some of the games is that they have a mobile game that actually has a good story from what my boyfriend tells me. And is like um auto battler and you make a party oh. and you go through dungeons and stuff like that. But there's also an RPG that has like visual novel segments and RPG segments that he's also playing right now. And he says it is the, the the one problem is that since each of these characters is disastrous, let's say the least, like the the main character has like okay stats and can do stuff, but uh, one of the characters, Megumin, is a wizard but only use explosion magic and can only use her magic once a day. So, so as you can useless. think, she's not very <laughs> functionally useless in combat. 
So he's using like the some of the secondary characters that are like better than the main party. But see, the- so he says like, okay, the the, the game kind of works, but it's like if you use the main party, you're fucked. See, that's the issue though. Like so many like TV and like movies that get turned into games, they just turn it into this like fucking garbage uninspired shit that's like just cashing in a buck you know what i mean like the tv shows are just like we need money we would like a game what do you make auto battlers I mean, that could, you do one that of those both ways, right <laughs> exactly. like when you hop in a medium it's like oh assassin's creed people love that game uh should we get michael fassbender to a movie Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> i have one other one that's like again more like inspired by but i love tim and eric awesome show great job um mm-hmm. And that whole concept with that show is that it's basically like you're flipping through late night TV, right? Like they're just like creating things that you could have seen on TV and taking them to the absurd level. So what I want is that on a computer, right? And I want it to be like flipping through 90s uh, websites, which is kind of like hypnospace, but I just want it to be absurd. And like- Just Tim and Eric WarioWare almost. Yes, exactly. Tim and Eric WarioWare on the PC. Like that's the shit I want. Um, Or even if you did it like on consoles, if it was like flipping through um, shovelware, that Mm -hmm. I think would be fun, right? Like imagine a game where the whole concept is that you're going through multiple shovelware titles, um, but they're actually kind of fun because you're only in there for a second or two. And like, I just think that would be a fucking blast. Um, Tim and Eric's shovelware, great game. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, lovely listener at home? What would you like to make into a game from a movie or TV show? Let Mm -hmm. us know in the comments down below. And hey, there's a like button right there. You know what to do. Um, okay. And we know what it's time to do. It's time yeah. to play. How long to beat the game? Woo! So, uh, I believe it is my edit. Um, Damn right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> let me just, I've got it all ready here. So, I'm going to click random. Oh, interesting. Uh, Warhammer End Times, Vermintide. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not particularly excited to try this one, for I do not know. <laughs> um, it's well-rated, though, so that's it's a good game, apparently. Um, First-person survival cooperative video game. Whoa. Uh, uh, this one has the potential of many, many hours. Yeah. It does. Fucking shit skulls. Okay. I've gone feet first. I've gone 16 main, 24 main plus. I have not got a clue, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, I think I'm going to do uh, just two of them as well, because I'm not even remotely confident that I will be able to get even close to what the completionist I'm, is for this. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna probably yeah. fail, but I'm gonna at least try. Ooh, I like not. it. There have been so many Warhammer games, like it's wild. And so many of them have just been utter dog shit. Yeah. I mean, recently they've got a much better record, but I I would just always remember the reviews for Space Hulk on the Vita. And it just hmm. Like three FPS. Can I? Okay. What happens if this is okay? Yeah. 
I'm wondering if this is going to have co-op times. All right. Well, let's just, I'm going to say 15 hours, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess 20. Well, fuck. Uh, I am not confident at all, but I'm going to say 14 hours for main, 35 hours for main plus, and 180 hours for 100%. Okay, so we've got our times in. I'm 15 main, main plus 30. Rick, 16 main, main plus 26. Paula, 14 hours main, main plus 35 hours, 100%. 180 hours. Now let's see what we got here. It is eight hours main story, main plus extras, 28 hours, and completionist, 120 hours. So it looks like uh, nobody won this week. We don't get any points. <laughs> nope. well, yeah. I did not expect the campaign to be that short. Damn. Me neither, but I I had a pretty good feeling this one was not in the cards for me this week. <laughs> 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 um, all right, well, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Toodaloo. Next time. Bye.